Small news flash for all of you out there. If you've been living under a rock, Tanner McDaniel is the latest pipeline champion to join the list of legends of the sport of bodyboarding. The announcement came only a few days ago and I jumped straight onto a podcast with Tanner to talk to him about how it feels to be the winner and what it means for him moving forward. I hope you enjoy and congratulations again, Tanner McDaniel. So Tanner, you've just got the news that you are the pipe, the Boog Jam pipe champion for 2022. Um, before I get your reaction on that, I just want to let you know that the history books say that that was the 40th year that Pipeline, since Pipeline first started as a competition for bodyboarding, 40 years. Um, it's wow. also the, I believe it's the 23rd or 24th time um, that the event itself has, has run. Um, I'll just better double check my history books there, but it's, it's basically, um, it's been a big deal over those years. Actually, I need to count that again. Let me check that out one sec. Let me, let me get my stats right before we make any bold announcements. 36. So that was the 36th competition held. I believe wow. that you're the 17th pipeline champion in history. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So how does that feel, you know, in terms of, it's it's kind of seriousness for your your life and goals and whatnot. How does that feel to know that? Yeah, I mean it's it's but it's absolutely like a life goal achieved for me. Like since I was a since I was a grom, like started bodyboarding, like pipeline was kind of the the mecca for me. Like and for a lot of bodyboarders, I'm sure. So winning that event is like for me is like one of the most that's like one of the greatest achievements that I feel like you can achieve. Like that's up there at the top for me. Um, and it's been, it's been, uh, interesting, like, because you don't find out right when it happens, it's not like this big rush, like right after the final or anything, it's been, it hasn't been such like a super big high. And then like, kind of ride that for a little bit and then come down like it's been since i found out it's been a few days and it's kind of just been like a slow burn kind of not super high high but just like slow burn like stoke you know like it's been it's been a different feeling like i'm just as stoked but it's just kind of like processing through me differently like compared to like other events that i've won or other achievements that i've had it's um, just kind of like I'm processing it a little differently because it wasn't such a right in the moment, like super huge high. And then like, that's kind of it. It's been like a little bit more anticipation, not super high, just kind of like, okay, like, here we go. Like, yeah. So it's just, I've been processing it differently, but it's been cool. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's a lifetime achievement for me. Like this is, something that I've wanted for as long as I've been a been bodyboarding and uh this yeah so I'm stoked 
that I think is the interesting point I want to find out. I don't know the answer to this, but how how long how old are you now? How long have you been bodyboarding? And how many times have you competed at Pipeline until this point? So I'm 23 now. I turned 23 the day after the uh, the event ran. Um, it's actually, I, I was hoping to get to talk about this. Um, I did the pipe comp for the first time uh, 10 years ago. So this was the 10-year anniversary from when I first did the pipe comp when I was 12. And... Um, I knew that going into it. So this was also, it was a weird, like weird birthday for me because I spent my 13th birthday after the pipe comp when I did it for the first time on the North shore of Oahu. And then I was turning 23 after the event. So it was just a weird, like, this is the first, like, I guess, birthday that I've been like, Whoa, like this is like that, that kind of realization really hit me this year where i was like oh my god like wow it's been been 10 years since i did the first event because that was like such a whirlwind of a thing that happened to me like making that event was just like i couldn't comprehend it at the time and then now 10 years later yeah it's it's i've I've been like i've had some time to reflect about it and it's it feels it's really cool i um that's funny I, I got a little sentimental before the um before the event ran this year. I watched there's an old video of me from the 2012 event that I did and there's just this funny interview where I'm just f- like just such a little kid and I I watched it and they talk about like Mike paddling out in the channel with me. I watched it before the event ran um and I just got to have a just get a little sentimental about it. So it was cool. That's really interesting um I was thinking of that when I before I asked that question. I was kind of like, I feel like it's been ten years since that. I felt like yeah. I wasn't sure of the date, but I felt like it was. And you know, funnily enough, you know, that's um, there's a lot of interesting things there. I didn't realize that you know you won, like it was the 2022 event, and you were 22 when you won it. You know, like there's these, yeah, you know, there's these kind of um, interesting alignments there with numbers and circumstance. And yeah, I guess it's- one of the interesting. One of the interesting circumstances, though, when you contrast it to um, that first event 10 years ago, and I remember this footage now. I remember this, like, little kid with Mike next to him, and I remember you were kind of flipping out at Sandy yeah. Beach at Half Point to make it into the comp, right? There was this there was this full grovel yeah. comp. Like, it looked pretty small, and you – how did you go in that yeah. grovel comp? Um, in the trials? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um... – they didn't have like a finals or anything. They just basically got the top. I think you had to make quarter or maybe you had to make semis and then you're in the event. So I just, I wanted, I really did the event just to kind of get experience in kind of that caliber of competition. I wasn't expecting like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll make a few heats. I'll get to like kind of try to prove myself, but I wasn't really, I didn't have high hopes that I was going to make the event. (laughs) And it's actually, it's a pretty funny story. So I actually qualified for the pipeline comp. I didn't have to do trials. I qualified to do just to be straight in the main event. And they were planning on running what I would have been competing in, in like 12 foot pipe. And I remember I was like, no, I wanted to do trials. Like I, I came here to get experience, like competing in like, like I just wanted to surf 
heats against those guys. Like, so I was like, okay, just put me in the trials. (laughs) And then I qualified again for the event. (laughs) Jeez. So it's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. We can put you in trials next time and uh, let you recompete for re re qualify. (laughs) I'm sure someone will take the spot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm sure someone would be stoked. They would be. Um, I think with, um, but with the with the notable difference between those, I want to keep on contrasting those experiences because in the 2012 example, you're third, you're 12 years old, right? Because it was before your birthday, yeah. so you're 12. You've got Mike yeah, Stewart 12. there caddying for you, like he's he's out in the channel for you. Um, he was was he talking to you during your heats, like trying to give you advice whilst you were in the lineup at Pipeline? Like how did that work? And what I'm getting to is that. This year, Mike wasn't there at all. You know, like the guy that was yeah. there for your first experience and who obviously for anyone's first experience at Pipeline, if you've got Mike Stewart sitting in the, in the channel, you know, who's got your back, you feel pretty good. Yeah. This year, Mike's not even on island, um, missing the first event of his life, I think. I think that's the first one he's ever missed <laughs> and, and you win yeah. it. So um, there's, there's also this really interesting... Um, kind of situation there for me looking at that that relationship and what it might have meant um you know back then versus today to have him there yeah i mean i hadn't even really thought about that um but i mean yeah having mike there with me the first year was like so critical for me like i was I was shitting myself paddling out for my heat at the main event. And, um, yeah, he just kind of was there to reassure me. He didn't say too much during the heat. He kind of just was there if I, if I needed it or I wanted it. Um, he gave me some pointers beforehand, like just kind of showed me around the reef and I had paddled out with him a couple times before that. And he kind of just showed me around, um, just get a little bit familiar with the lineup. Um, But as far as like in the heat, he was just kind of there for support. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't like stopping in the channel to have a chat. I was kind of just like focused on just getting through or getting through the heat. That's, I mean, that's, it was kind of a, a big world, a big whirlwind. So there might be stuff that I just don't remember. But the, mm. that whole week was like the craziest week of my life. <laughs> mm. Bringing it back to this event, though, like, was it weird to not have Mike at pipe? Was that a strange feeling? I know that all of us were kind of tripping out on the day. We're like, wow, he's not here. And, you know, that's a big person not there. Did that, um, you know, reflecting on that, was that weird for you not, not to be competing with Mike at Pipeline? You know, it did feel weird that he wasn't there, but as far as the comp, like as far as me personally, like competing, it didn't because usually when I'm in the event, Mike is running it. So he's busy. Like I don't even really see him the day of the event. So as far as like not really getting to like communicate with him during the event, it wasn't that different from a normal one. Um, but yeah, it it felt a little bit empty not having Mike there, just because he is kind of like he's Mike at Pipe, like you know, there's a certain correlation between the two, you know. So 
on on that, I mean, with with ten years since your, uh, is it is it safe to say that that you you mentioned that Mike gave you the the lay of the reef, you know, before that heat, um, when you were twelve, yeah. Had you surfed pipe much at all before that moment? Was it kind of a completely um, unknown space for you? I had surfed it maybe a handful of times. I can distinctly remember three sessions. Um, but I think I might have paddled out a couple more times, but I had only surfed it a handful of times. So I wasn't super familiar with the reef. I kind of had some lineups that Mike had given me. So I kind of knew where to sit. I knew where I could basically go to get safe. If there was a set, mm. I knew kind of like just kind of at that point I was just thinking, okay, how do I survive this? Mm. <laughs> Cause at that point in like, personally, I wasn't, I was not into big, bigger waves. I was not into waves of consequence at that point in my life. Like that was something that I had to really overcome. Most twelve-year-olds are. Um, so it was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit maybe I'm a little harsh on myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I had surfed it a, a few times, and it was a funny, funny story. Um, I paddled out one of the evenings, one of the few sessions I had before the event. I paddled out uh, with Timmy Hamilton, um, and I remember it was decent size. It wasn't like it wasn't big pipe by any standards, but I was still, you know, scared. And I remember he kind of like paddled out with me. He was sitting with me, like kind of on the shoulder. And every time there would be a set coming, I would start trying to paddle, paddle towards the channel. And I remember him just like grabbing me by the wetsuit and just like holding me there. And he's like, you're going to be fine. You just stay right here. Like you got to just see what it's like. Don't just run, run off. Like just kind of holding me in the spot. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. And he's just like, no, you're going to be okay. Like, you're going to learn, you know? And that, that's just a funny story that I, I'd look back now. Like he was like really trying to, trying to help. Like it was, yeah. Would have been terrifying as well. Um, (laughs) yeah. With this journey from those years then, because it's safe to say that that journey with pipeline, you know, you've only surfed it a few times, a handful of times before that competition. And then, you know, then you've got this 10 year journey that goes from, 2012 until 2022 um how yeah. how important was mike during those 10 years to you in learning about that wave like or or if it wasn't mike what were the other influences that made you the 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 bodyboarder that you are today the one that won the the boog jam that won his first pipe championship like how what's the journey from 2012 to 2022 look like in terms of influences and, and how do you get there? It's, that's, that's a tough one because Mike was very helpful in kind of showing me how to navigate the reef and navigate the crowd out there. He, I have taken a lot of knowledge from him about kind of where to sit and the, where to sit on the reef and kind of just stuff like that. That's where I, that's what I got most from Mike. That's what he has been very, very like beyond helpful with, beyond willing to like give me the information that I needed basically. And there was one season, I think maybe the year after my first event, I was on the North shore for a few months, just 
and he would come, it was when Mike was still living on Oahu. So he would come and pick me up every morning to go surf pipe in the winter and getting that experience kind of shadowing him around the lineup and just seeing, okay, he's taken off. He's taken off here. Like it's possible. Like these are the ones you want to look for. This is where you can sit, you know, like that kind of stuff. He was very, very, um, instrumental in kind of how I read the lineup and that kind of stuff. But as far as like writing pipe, I've kind of drawn inspiration from a lot of different people, actually. Like obviously hub is one of the best guys out there. So seeing the waves he takes and the sections he's hitting and just all that kind of stuff. Obviously he's been an influence. Um, Pierre, um, I thought he, he was one of like, one of the guys I looked up to a lot when I was younger, especially surfing out there. It was just kind of how hard he goes out there. Like he's pretty, pretty fearless out there, which is something that's very admirable. Um, later, once I kind of became a little bit more, not mature, but more aware of certain aspects of riding skip was pretty, um, influential, just the way he would read his bottom turns, that kind of stuff. So I've slowly kind of like built, I, I wouldn't say that I like really just looked to one rider about how to surf it. I've kind of like taken, tried to take the best of a bunch of individuals who I think have good traits out there. And that's kind of what I've tried to do. Yeah, that's really cool. It's cool to break that down a bit. Um, it's it's a lot of time spent there though, right? Like how many, over those seasons, yeah. you know, you're saying you're spending a couple of months, three months, like how much time on average do you think you've been spending on, on the North Shore during the season period? Have you just been there the whole season pretty much every year for the last 10 years? No, I wouldn't say I've been there the whole season. I I usually spend most of February there. So kind of like the few weeks before the event and then I'll stick around for a little bit after the event. And then when I was still living on Kauai, I would pop over for a swell. I'd pop over for a week or two if it looked like there was going to be a good run of waves. Um, so you, I would usually do like sometimes part of January into February through the month. Um, I didn't get to go to, <laughs> I didn't, I missed the whole season last year, which was pretty devastating. Um, but other than that, yeah, I would at least spend, I would say like a total of two months, two and a half months on the North shore every season for 10 years. <laughs> and that's, um, really cool to touch on. I, I feel like, um, that relationship to it coming from Kauai as a, uh, you know, because and that's a bit I want to dive into now. It's a little bit of a new space, I guess, or a tricky space to navigate. So I'm going to do my best to ask questions okay. and, and put you on the spot a little Me bit too. here. But like, I want to talk All about right. identity a little bit and about like your 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 kind of growing up in Kauai, and then mm-hmm. you've left there though, it, like a few years ago now, I guess. You've kind of left living yes. there, and yeah, and how how does how do you kind of feel about that kind of, do you still see yourself as someone from Kauai or are you, who is Tanner McDaniel, I guess? And it's this tricky thing with kind of race and 
kind of ethnicity in Hawaii. I know that there's a lot of tension there, you know, like so um, yeah. how does it how does it kind of feel to you in that relationship with your Kauaian roots, you could say, but being a white guy on Kauai and then you leave and you're on the mainland mm-hmm. and now you're you've just won pipe. So you've kind of gone away and come back and got the crown, you know, like it's kind of this interesting kind of story arc. And I just wonder how that feels in your identity with it all. Yeah, that's actually something that I've put a bit of thought into. Um, So my family moved to Kauai when I was uh, three years old Mm. um, from Santa Santa Cruz in California. So I have very faint memories of living in California when I was young. Um, And then we moved to Kauai and that is really what I feel like is my home. Like I grew up there. That's where my bodyboarding and my connection to the ocean really kind of stems from. So I've, I've thought about it and I still feel like when I'm surfing that it is coming from my connection to Hawaii. Um, so there's that, um, yeah, it's a tough one because like, I, I don't know. And then also like, I have those memories of like living in California when I was young and I have family here, my whole family's from here. Um, so I did feel like a little bit connect, like still feel a connection to California. So I don't know. I think I've just kind of, Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough like tough thing to think about especially yeah and it, there's a whole there's a whole inner inner thing I'm going with going through. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a tough one. I guess like the really short question that might get the short answer is is was it Tana McDaniel from Kauai who won pipe or is it Tana McDaniel from somewhere else? Or is it just Tana McDaniel? It's just Tanner McDaniel. Yeah. It's just Tanner McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And cool. even even though I'm I'm no longer living on Kauai full time, I still my my family still lives there. My parents, my siblings are there. So I go and visit them as much as I can. Um and not being there makes me appreciate it so much more. When I go back to visit, I've like enjoy the things that I kind of just used to take for granted there. Like I, it, like when I'm back on Kauai, I just feel so much happier than like before when I was living there full time. So it's me moving to California has kind of made me appreciate. It's made me appreciate Kauai a lot more. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm thankful for that. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. It's a tricky subject. It's hard to navigate. And I um you know, we we have the same subject here in Australia in many ways, you know, like we're the colonial I'm a colonial descendant, you know, like it's it's hard yeah. for me sometimes to say or to feel like I'm Australian. Like it's not really a it's a label that's really hard for me to have it stick on me. Um I know that there's a yeah. part of me that feels and, really comfortable in, in Europe, you know, like there's this kind of bit of me that like feels at home over there. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. it's really interesting to to navigate this kind of stuff in these places. Yeah, and it's weird, especially because I I was born in California, so I did have I always had that connection to it, and I never like I didn't put much thought into it until I was an adult. Um, but like I know people would get angry when people would like call me Hawaiian and I totally understand why like I don't like to be called Hawaiian because I'm not I don't have any Hawaiian blood like I live there I feel like it's my home but I'm not Hawaiian so I would yeah I I understand why people have in the past gotten frustrated when people would refer to me as Hawaiian when that people are very proud of being Hawaiian as they should be and I'm not, so I understand why people would get angry when I get referred to as that. I grew up there. I'm not Hawaiian, though. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? You know, are you from Hawaii yeah. temporarily? Are you from the mainland? Where are you from? It's a, it's such a difficult question yeah. to answer. And um, no, I think you did a good job of it. It's a tricky question. Um, yeah, I've tried <laughs> to put some to thought more, into it now. Yeah, well, that's um, that's obvious. It's obvious, and it's a, it's really interesting thing and let's like come back to the event itself because i think one of the really cool things about the event was that there were a lot of hawaiians in the event that we just had yeah right there was a huge it was awesome. field it was awesome yeah and i think that um and and you know that that hawaiian culture really was became without any real plan it became actually like a key um feature or focal point for the event it seemed like hawaiian culture really really took over, which I was, you know, as an organizer, you know, all I wanted to do was kind of make sure that the event happened, um, that it happened in good waves. And then those are my two priorities. But then when this opportunity started to appear about embedding Indigenous culture into the event itself and making that like front and center, it was like a very easy thing for me to just kind of let happen. It it only took one conversation and then it just took its own life. And it was this really interesting experience yeah. for me because I didn't force it, but as, and as soon as mm-hmm. I, but no one, nobody asked me for it. But as soon as I engaged, it just kind of happened. Yeah, but then, but then it it became this had its own momentum, and so I just wonder, like, with the Hawaiian kind of culture in bodyboarding, and it and it is very strong. Um, yeah. What. Is there this huge, is there a, I guess, for you in your experience, is there this kind of undercurrent with Hawaiians to kind of be, to get that kind of respect and um, kind of recognition for their role here? Like, is that, is there a thirst for it from that, gener- from these new generations of Hawaiians to kind of say, yeah, we, we are here? We like they want that visibility. They want to show that they can mix it up and and actually, you know, take control of that that wave. You know, I hope so. Yeah, it would be. I mean, you still see them out there pretty frequently, and I hope they just keep keep going it. I mean, they, they got to own own their it's their spot. They got to own it. So I hope that they keep keep pushing and making it making it known that it's theirs. <laughs> You know, who who and, of the Hawaiian generation do you think is the is the kind of leading light on that question? 
Like who who are the guys that you look at and go, cool, they're going to push it? Um, Kavika, right now, I think he can just he can just take it and go with it because yeah he he's surfing so good like he was ripping during the event he's a super super cool guy like i was i finally got to like really spend some time with him in uh in panama for the bocas event we were traveling together so getting to like kind of hang out and cruise with him was really cool we had a we had an awesome time and he's surfing super good he's just a super humble and like very just awesome dude so to see him ripping at pipe and kind of carrying it is is awesome to see and i think Super that he's kind of inspiring too, huh? oh yeah yeah he rips on the knee and stand up and yeah he's he's killing it yeah and i feel like he's kind of um should be a pretty good role model for kind of the younger guys younger than him um on oahu you know because he's he's surfing amazing yeah i agree i agree i think it was really cool to see i feel like he just like transformed over one year for me like i remember meeting him in uh portugal i think there was a year maybe it was three or four years ago where they all all these hawaiians just suddenly rocked up in portugal i was like oh that's pretty cool people <laughs> are hawaiians here yeah i don't really see that every year and then, um, yeah. and it's Sintra, which is kind of like, you know, it's a pretty grovelly wave. So it's not typically what you associate Hawaiians with either. And um, cold water, wetsuits, all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. and then there's this skinny little kid called Kavika who he actually knocked me out of the bloody heat too. He actually beat me in the heat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, that hurt. And this kid rips. So this, this is cool. Um, and then suddenly it's like he became a man overnight like it's like there was this little kid one year and then the next time i saw him he was like a big solid dude who was still bodyboarding like the skinny kid um Mm -hmm. and and then yeah just seeing how he how he's prone you know i think it's hard for guys who are versatile prone and drop knee i feel like it's it's really hard for them to become great at one or the other if they're if they're really doing it along the way um but I do feel like of all people, like, you know, Dub has proven, Dave Hubbard's proven that he yeah. can mix it up equally as good now, prone and drop me. But that's taken a long time. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's taken years. And But I feel like Kavika is already there at a very young age. And, yeah, yeah. I feel like. And also Sammy, to be fair. Like, Sammy definitely is already someone who can mix it up on both. But it's really interesting because Kavika's even younger, I think. And, you know, there's this kind of. Yeah, he's- if there's one pick for me, it's him as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I I just, I'm a big fan of just his attitude. He's just, just a nice guy to hang out with, you know? Yeah, that's cool. And um, I just wanted to, yeah. I was just, just, um, when you were talking about kind of the way the, that, the, um, just how everything for the pipe comp unfolded, I just wanted to, touch on um the opening ceremony that davin gave that was just like the coolest most it was just such an awesome thing to be a part of and like it was intense and emotional and just like one of the coolest things i've been a part of for sure i think everyone was just like kind of like mind blown about just the whole experience everyone was just like 
yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was awesome. I was just so thankful for him for doing such a, such something like that. It was so cool. Yeah, I know it was, it was pretty wild. And I think that it just really set the tone for the day. It was just this thing that really carried the day. And, and then the way that we wrapped up in the afternoon, it was, you know, that whole ability for us all just to say what we were thankful for or grateful for. And, um, I mean, when it came to the event itself then, like, cause I felt like you were having a lot of fun. Like it looked like you were having a lot of fun. Were you trying to win? Like, do you, were you actually conscious of, of a victory or were you just out there just having fun? I was really just out there having fun. If I'm going to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't 100% sure how the, um, I knew that waves were going to be scored. I wasn't sure how many waves they were going to count. So I wasn't really focused on that. I was just like, I get to surf pretty pumping pipe with 10 people out. Like I'm going to have fun. I'm going to try to get the best wave I can. I'm going to try to rip basically. That was my kind of mindset going into that. And yeah, just getting to trade off waves like that with 10 people out was (laughs) that's that's a dream, you know? And, um, another thing that I kind of think played into my, my psyche going into the event was I, I hurt my shoulder in, uh, in Boca's in like a couple days before the event. So I was, wasn't even really sure how I was going to be able to surf because the movement of paddling is really what like hurt the most. Like I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to paddle out. Like I didn't surf the two days before the event just cause I was nursing it. Um, so I was kind of like had that in the back of my mind. So I was kind of picky about the waves I chose. Um, I was really just like, I just want to get a huge barrel. And if I get a, a wave that lines up for a ramp, I'm going to hit it. But it kind of forced me to like mellow out a little bit. I couldn't just go like go crazy and catch a bunch of waves and all that I kind of had to like tell myself to like chill out, which I think worked in my favor because I ended up waiting for the bigger, bigger, heavier barrels rather than like, if I saw a little inside ramp, I, there's a good chance I was going to try to go hit it. Cause you don't get like to have that pick out there on a normal day. Yeah. I, I could see that um, you definitely were more patient than I reckon you would have been otherwise um and that that really was a key factor i think in the in the results you know patience seems to have been rewarded you know for guys um i mean i think just to wrap up um with this pipeline event and how it kind of played out for you you know this is the beginning of a big year you know the the ibc tour is coming back online um you're you're literally two weeks away from going to Eureka. I know you and I have had a chat about mm-hmm. this offline, but like, how does this all factor for you now? Like, like where does, where does your kind of interest sit in terms of competition when you've had this experience with the Boog Jam and now you've got the IBC World Tour coming up? It's a grind. It's got a lot more intensity in a different way and it's more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel yeah. going into it and what's your kind of plans? Um, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling confident as far as my, my surfing. Winning the book jam has given me a little resurgence of like, okay, like I can still like, I'm still at 
this level, like I can still do this, but I'm going to see how I'm going to have to see how sharp I am, uh, as far as like heats go, you know, um, I'm excited. Um, the last two years have been maybe a good break for me. Um, I do have like that, that fire to go and go and win those events. So I'm excited for that. Um, and yeah, I feel, I feel good. I feel confident. Um, I'm feeling the best I have ever physically. Um, that shoulder injury kind of forced me to take a look at some things and I've had to, had to not rehab it, but I've had to like do some stuff for it. And I've had to like go to the gym and I've had to do all the stuff that I never really did before. So I'm feeling physically like the best I ever have. And I'm just, I'm like pretty stoked on bodyboarding. Um, like I went out, I went out and had a grovel session yesterday, which I used to have a harder time doing. I would just go ride a stand up or I would whatever, but I went out and actually like had a sick time, like working on my combos and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm in a good place right now and I'm excited. I'm really excited for Chile. I'm very excited for Rika, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You always like the ones you've won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been in oh, been in both finals the last 2 years, so I'm hoping yeah, to make it three. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, well that's cool. Well, look, good luck with the with these events and um, you know, congratulations again on your 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 big win, your pipeline championship. It's yours now forever. Um <laughs> Thank that's you. um a pretty cool thing. So, um stay on the line. We'll wrap this one up and um yeah, thanks to the pipe champ, Tanner McDaniel. Yeah.